Okay, so welcome to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm your host, Adam A. Donaldson, and joining me today is... I'm Candice LaPage. Candice, just just in time before taking off for a month to do political stuff. Oh, yes, yes. This is, um, yeah, I'm really squeaking this one under the wire to, to you know, <laughs> get in there because... It's been a couple of busy, it's been a busy pre, pre-election pre uh, time too, but yeah, I'm committed. I'm committed to you and the listeners, Adam. Oh, well, well, appreciate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not sure how uh, the people behind our movie this week will be, <laughs> appreciate being phrased as just squeaking it under the wire, but anyway. <laughs> And Credits is a local movie show for local movie fans. We are here every Wednesday at 3 p.m. to talk the latest in pop culture and review the newest movies, which this week will be the new sci-fi action-adventure of The Atom Project, no relation, which you can now stream on Netflix. Uh, that's going to be in the back half of the show. For the first half, um, since, since time is crunchy right now, if that's, uh, that's a turn of phrase uh, to use, um, we, we thought, you know, what can we do for the first part of the show this week that'd be kind of easy to put together so my idea was well there's a movie coming out this friday about a wizard um he's not the first movie wizard he definitely won't be the last movie wizard so why don't we come up with three of our favorite movie wizards um candace you seem to think this was going to be an issue well it's it's the vernacular of wizard Mm -hmm. like is wizard only one specific type of magic user Mm -hmm. do warlocks come in here do magicians come in here do witches come in here i don't know i think i may have broken the rules with my choices but well i'm just like i don't i don't think any of mine are wizards in any well i took took it to mean like and, and this seems to be the general conce- uh, consensus when for people who are coming up with lists of wizards, which is there's a there's been a lot of academic work <laughs> on this subject, by the way. Um, <laughs> it seems pretty much relegated to a definition of wizard as anyone who uses magic. Um, so that also includes Jedi's. Um, oh, some some lists include Darth Vader. Others include Emperor Palpatine. Those seem to be the two. Jedi, Jedi's who get note uh, mm-hmm. in these. Lists. I did see Obi Wan Kenobi on a list, actually. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, and I think old Ben Kenobi was described as like that old wizard or that old. He was actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, when he was first introduced. That old wizard's a crazy old man. Uncle Owen says that. Yeah. See. See. I do think it's interesting though that the 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 Sith have been called warlocks so i don't know that's the other thing are they evil or are they good i don't know warlocks that is i know sith are evil (laughs) oh good time see this was just this turned out to be a great topic uh you know just you know we could probably spend 30 minutes just talking about the nomenclature but uh i do want to get into the movies so why don't you uh present to us your first pick for favorite movie wizard yeah, absolutely. So um, my first pick is a super fun one. This is a sorcerer, potentially mm-hmm. a sorcerer's apprentice, and that's Mickey Mouse. 
No way. From Fantasia. Yeah. Like the best. I mean, Fantasia was just such a great film to begin with. Um, all this great classical music and the animation. But yeah, the Sorcerer's Apprentice section, of course, with the dancing brooms and everybody. It's just Mickey is just practicing away, not quite knowing what he's doing, just making magic. And it really didn't it sort of make every single kid want to grow up being able to like do magic. You can just make these brooms clean the floor themselves. It's great. <laughs> I I forgot how short it was. Um, Cause actually Mickey Mouse was one of my picks too. Mm. Um, it's, it's like kind of in the middle of Fantasia. I actually have the, this is one of those things where it's like, it came out in 1989 on VHS. It was like the 50th or the, or maybe it was 91. It was like the 50th anniversary. It's like, we just opened the vault and this came out and you better get it because you will never get it again. And so that's, I, I held on to it all this time. Um, that's how Disney has made their dollars. Right. So scarcity. I like, scarcity. So I, I think it is on Disney plus. But I, I popped in the old VHS tape because I do still have a working VCR. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the animation is still so good. Um, and, and the character work in it, too, even though like Mickey doesn't say anything, it's missing the distinctive oh, I'm Mickey Mouse <laughs> voice. Um, although it is the, the the more modern drawing, which um, Fred Moore, who is one of the animation supervisors, updated Mickey's look for Fantasia. Um, but yeah, it's like the iconic look of the blue hat and the yellow and the red robes. Um, yeah, with the stars, right? The stars the, and the moon. With the stars on it, yeah. And like just like <laughs> the sequence is he he um, enchants the broom to carry. It's never really, I never really understood like what the water is. Like he's bringing water from one place to another, but um, he, he enchants the broom to do it. And then he falls asleep and he's having this vision of himself, like literally commanding the sea and the stars. And then he's waking up as the place is flooded. And then he chops up the broom and it creates a bunch of little brooms. And it's just, it's a great, this, this great little idea of like, he's a sorcerer's apprentice, but he's clearly not ready. He thinks he's ready. He thinks he can do this little thing. And, and then he has this delusion of grandeur and the entire <laughs> situation is out of control. And at the end, when the wizard, um takes his hat back the wizard cleans up the mess and he takes his hat back and he um mickey's kind of walking away with the buckets going back to work but he has this like smirk on his face like i can't wait till this freaking wizard goes back to bed so i'm gonna try some more stuff in his magic book and the wizard knows the wizard knows mm -hmm. that he has, he hasn't learned a lesson from any of this and yeah <laughs> and chases him out <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like, ironically, we could have we could have probably talked about the Sorcerer's Apprentice when we talked about uh, coming of age film. <laughs> yeah, true, true. It fits. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like this little ten minute long, brilliant piece that would also launch a future attempt at building a Jay Baruchel Nick Cage <laughs> franchise. Yes, and while I do love me some Jay Baruchel. I will admit that I did not see the live action film. Really? Yeah, I think I don't I don't know why I didn't. I've definitely watched a lot of Jay Baruchel films, so <laughs> it's it's from uh, the guy who did National Treasure too, so it's Hmm. Yeah, it's not great, but it's not it's also <laughs> not terrible. 
Well, that I mean, that's what else can you say for a movie? <laughs> it's not great, but it's also not terrible. Yeah. It's also one of these like movies that's like magic is what we used to call science. Wink. Um, oh, we're we going to talk about alchemy and how, you know, we could turn water into gold or whatever. Yes. Yeah. That's science. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good times. All right. Um, we can then move on to your number two choice then. Sure. So my number two uh, is, is also what a, uh, essentially sort of an apprentice apparently i don't like people who have a lot of power i want the ones who are just learning their power and that's willow from the movie willow yeah 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 so he wanted to be a magician and that was you know he was always like practicing magic and trying to to do that in his his hometown or whatever his home village you know everybody was making his town village his (laughs) his you know it's like the shire except it's willow not (laughs) hobbits but um, but yeah, everybody made fun of him because he wasn't very good at it, but he was so committed. And the older, the actual magician was like, you can do it. I know you have it. You just need to stop like thinking about it so much. And so then he goes on this amazing adventure and he has to learn better how to use how to use magic and how to do all these things. And of course, because the movie is named Willow, he is triumphant. He's the hero of the story at the end of the day and knows. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Sorry, folks. I will say this film, too, uh, has other magic users who, Mm. you know, are are pretty cool, too. So uh, Willow is definitely, again, this is, you know, Disney Plus has kind of like reminded me of so many films that I haven't seen in a really long time. And Willow is definitely worth a rewatch. There are certainly films that don't sort of hold up from your childhood. But this one definitely does. And if you don't love Val Kilmer already, you will love him from rewatching this. Yeah, those uh, he's really working the leading man good looks in that movie. Um, and Ron Howard uh, knows how to work it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and you know what? Warwick Davis also like what what an amazing find he was mm-hmm. by George Lucas at such a young age. Like he always seems ageless to people because people didn't realize he was only about 11 when he was in um, uh, Return of the Jedi playing yeah. one of the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's had such a great career. Uh, in fact, he's been a magic user again in recent years because he was in the entire Harry Potter uh, series, too. As yes. um, Well, he played two characters, didn't he? He was Professor Fitwick, uh, mm-hmm. the charms Am I remembering that right? He's the charms professor, yep. but he was also one of the goblins mm-hmm. at the, the, at the bank gods. or something. Yeah. 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 yeah and I'm, um, he actually is, I, th- I think he was, uh, he did a guest appearance on the, the BBC Merlin show at one point. Um, I think if, if I remember correctly, he's like kind of like a, he is a magic user, but he's like a keeper of like a bridge where he's like, you have to answer his riddles to get over the bridge or if I, I think that's- Did he ask any questions about the um, how how far <laughs> swallow flies? Uh, no, I don't remember that. It was um, I don't remember much about Merlin. I have not watched it, but maybe if I had, he would be one of my one of my wizards. It's like it's like the Smallville of it's like they Smallville 
the King Arthur story, essentially. You know what? That sounds exactly like what I want out of life. Why haven't I watched this show? <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. No, it's it's fun. It's a lot of it's a fun show. Um, and Colin Morgan was a was a decent Merlin too. So um, my number two. I was just getting to that. Um, I have kind of an odd one here because first of all, she is uh, the villain. And uh, this is these movies. I'll say it. I'll say it right out. These movies are not good, but she is so good in them that it makes you actively angry that the movie was the move. The movies were not able to rise to her level. And uh, I'm talking about Ravenna, the evil queen played by Charlize Theron in both Snow White and the Huntsman. And in its bizarre sequel, the Huntsman Winter's War. Um, where Charlize essentially plays the wicked stepmother and uh, she, well, uh, if you know the tale of Snow White, hopefully no spoilers here. Um, 600 year old spoiler alert. 600 year old spoiler alert. Uh, the, the king marries uh, the, the beautiful Ravenna. Uh, he rescues her in, in this, in this story, he rescues her from some dastardly evil gobbledygook types. Um, it turns out that she, had controlled the goblin. It was it was all it was all a catfishing thing. She controlled the Gleep Glops in order to for the king to rescue her so that she could kill the king, take his kingdom, throw Snow White in the hooch uh, for you know 10 years until essentially Snow White is of age. Uh, Snow White in this is played by Kirsten Stewart, of course. Um, and then she will eat Snow White's heart in order to achieve her youthful vitality and immortality. And in the process, Charlize Theron eats all the scenery. She is uh, ravenous. Her name is Ravina, and uh, mm-hmm. she, you know, she's <laughs> a very beautiful woman in uh, even the most worst of circumstances. But in this, um, she looks amazing. But she's also dangerous as hell. There's a scene where um, she's interrogating some some pirate types, and she's like, you know. I think I'm just going to eat your heart. And, <laughs> and, the, and the dad's like, oh, no, no, please don't eat my son's heart. But she does not anyway. It is awesome. She is awesome. And there's also like this, this it, it, it's true in both the sort of sequel and this one. There, there is kind of this, uh, you understand her evilness, her, her Machiavelliness. Like she, she explains in the course of um, when she's killing the king that she was once married to a king who essentially used her and abused her and she said she was never going to get caught in that situation again of course in the (laughs) in the process of killing the king um i don't know if this was intentional or not but it or if it was like done in sound editing later but it feels like she's audibly orgasming as she's killing the king (laughs) and it's just (laughs) it's it's incredibly it's this off the hook like this incredibly silly clearly product of hollywood middle brow franchise thinking you have this crazy character played by an actress who is an academy award-winning actress who is just all in and this is say nothing of her powers which involves like black goop and like she can turn herself into gold in the sequel it is um it is incredible. She's like, she's got venom powers for some reason, or she's got like black tentacles that it's, it's crazy. Uh, I, I, 
the only the only the only reason I don't revisit these movies is because they're terrible. <laughs> but if they were slightly better, Charlize Theron is worth the price of admission because she is just perfect, perfectly great as an evil sorceress. All right, maybe I will suck it up and watch them because I have not watched either of those films for the very reason that you're saying, which is that they're apparently terrible. Well, um, as, a, as a bonus in Winter's War, you do get Emily Blunt with as an evil uh, magic queen with basically Iceman powers. So, ooh, ooh, all right. So you do get you do a, you do get a great like black goo tentacle versus ice powers fight at the end of that movie. You do have to sit through a movie in order to get to that but <laughs> if we can call it a movie if we could call it a movie anyway <laughs> uh, what's your number three yeah so my number three do you know what i want to give just a quick shout out before i get to my number three because we are talking about movie wizards mm-hmm. and or other magic users um i i stuck to that and did not talk about television witches but i do want to give bonnie bennett her due because she did not get it from the series the vampire diaries no this poor character she's just a super powerful witch teenager saved everybody's butt constantly she was always the solution and she always did it and the show and the characters on it treated her like crap treated her like their personal like you're just here to do the thing that i need you to do and now i'm the hero because you did the thing Um, bonnie yeah and right like right even to the very end where she was in this like you know relationship Uh, yeah yeah it just justice for enzo hashtag justice for enzo yeah yeah. so (laughs) bonnie you live forever in my heart you should be the top witch of all time but we're talking about movies so and i don't know that a vampire diaries movie was ever necessary so (laughs) uh so my actual my favorite my my number one is uh, super obvious and it is the scarlet witch mm-hmm. um wandavision the television show wandavision just really brought the scarlet witch like super to life like her um introduction in age of ultron was bad mm. um you know nobody really knew what she did she barely got any screen time she had a rather terrible accent which elizabeth olsen does still use sometimes but even when she does still use it it actually still sounds better than when Mm. she started it Mm -hmm. um so her introduction was bad and then you know we got to see her sort of blossom a little bit but she was still always relegated to the sidelines which makes no sense because scarlet witch like captain marvel basically have have the same problem which is also the problem superman has which is that they're just like there is no power that can stop them Mm -hmm. so i understand how it's difficult to really um put her in a film with a bunch of avengers and like a guy who has a hammer and -hmm. a guy who just has like you know i've got this shield and i'm kind of strong and then you've got this like (laughs) like the scarlet witch uh, you know that she can just do anything uh so it's it, it was hard really for her to get you know in the films get her do as well as she should have though i will say even like uh in um 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 infinity war which is the mm-hmm. first half of the the finale of that particular thing she was great you know we did get to see her and vision together and we got to watch you know more 
just more trauma for her, um, which was, you know, it was great on screen for the movie. But then, of course, the television show on Disney Plus did come out and just like created this, you know, moved this character to such a different realm. And even as it ended, a little bit of spoilers, but even as it ended, it's clear that she will be coming back in movies, potentially in an upcoming <laughs> movie she mm-hmm. is a really sort of key vital part of this next series of of you know phase of marvel where we're going to go into more witches and magic and warlock and wizards and all of this sort of stuff and daywalkers <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go super supernatural with with marvel we're gonna get rid of these uh you know just people who are super strong and start going magic lots and lots of magic but yeah, Scarlet Witch, she's great. Elizabeth Olsen has always done such an amazing job playing her, even when she was not given a lot to do. She was still captivating on screen. And even in Age of Ultron, I think everybody would agree, everyone just sort of wanted to see more about her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got dribs and drabs and a little bit here and there. And I think that we're, you know, we've gotten a whole series now about her, but I think that we're going to see her really come into her power too. Mm-hmm in the future of Marvel. So she will, she will remain uh, a pretty, pretty high up there on the like fave witches. Mm -hmm. And you know what, Mm -hmm. for a character who has dealt with so much trauma and so much grief and been taken advantage of that, she is still actively working for good when she has every right to not really, you know, with her history, she has every right to just say, screw all of this and screw everyone and i'm just going to use my power to like do what i want and get what i want Mm -hmm. fair enough um yeah i'm looking forward to i I, because i haven't watched wandavision yet and i've i'm I'm like actively deciding not to watch it before doctor strange because i just want to see if like i can pick up on stuff without having Mm -hmm. watched it and see how marvel does that so i but i'm very interested to see like what she does in multiverse of madness and um and palling around with uh the cumberbatch and seeing what goes <laughs> down um uh, for my last pick I, ch- I i went into the past a uh, couple of years before mickey mouse i chose the wizard of oz aka mm. professor marvel um played by frank morgan who was a contract player at mgm and this was Actually, I was going to say this might be his famous role, but no, this is his most famous role. Uh, he, he was nominated for an Oscar twice, actually. Um, but if you, if I were to start like naming movies off his IMDb, you would, you would be, you would hear very audible confusion. Um, but in The Wizard of Oz, he is great. Um, I do like the whole, uh, and I'm not sure if it's in the book, but the whole idea that like they're going to see the wizard, this great and powerful figure, and they they appear before him, and he's this giant floating head, and it turns out he's this, just this guy behind the curtain who's pulling levers. He's, I mean, it almost makes him seem like kind of a con artist, but mm-hmm. the the whole thing with the wizard is um, at the end, when he gives everything he's promised, he gives uh, the scarecrow a, a diploma as, as evidence of how smart he is. He gives the tin man that the taking heart 
you know, he wanted a heart. He gives the cowardly lion a medal to show to this courage. And this whole thing is like, you know, you guys had this stuff the whole time. Um, I'm giving you basically these tokens, these sort of symbols of these, these, these things that you came, these very ethereal things that you came to, uh, to get for me in exchange for um, taking care of the, the wicked witch of the West. And I really like that positive message. It's like, maybe he wasn't like understanding, like maybe the depth, what separates a con artist from somebody who's not a con, con artist is that they believe in the dreams that they're selling. Perhaps the wizard of Oz is not a con artist. He is simply, he simply believes in the dream that he's selling. And he is, he, he sells to these characters uh, that he can indeed, uh, that, that they did have these aspects inside them the whole time. And he, and he, he gives them these representational artifacts to, to prove it there's no magic about it the magic the magic was inside us the whole time is 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 what we're getting at here and of course his uh way home for dorothy is to get on his balloon and head back to the the real world which uh unfortunately does not work out but that's what the but that's what the real magic slippers were for which also like yeah. kind of undermines the whole thing it's like well you don't need to actually hitch a ride because you ha- you were able to do it the whole time with the help of these magic slippers. So, long the long and the short it is, the the Wizard of Oz is kind of all over the place with this. Like, is magic? Is there magic? Is there not magic? But uh, I like the idea that we all have we all have yeah. the ability to actualize ourselves and and uh, and you know make ourselves what we want to be. Yeah, maybe what he's saying is that there is magic, but you have to be confident enough to use it like you have to you have to get there you unlike the sorcerer's apprentice (laughs) you shouldn't be playing with magic before you you know 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 what you're doing and have faith in yourself and faith in others so yeah and also don't you know fall asleep while the brooms lugging water around because i mean you didn't tell that broom when to stop so yeah magic is not for lazy people exactly right (laughs) even though it sure seems like it (laughs) that's right and for more lessons about the proper use of magic go and see dr strange from the multiverse of madness this friday uh for now we're gonna go to the future and then to the present and then to the past uh we're gonna talk about the atom project coming up next you are listening to end credits here on cfru 93.3 fm cfru.ca guelph campus and community radio some creepy dude just wander around my house alone? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, believe me, I don't want to be here any more than you want me here. I just got to stop bleeding long enough. Address the wound, prevent a nasty infection, and I will be on my merry way. Don't. 
touch that. I was just looking. Don't touch my stuff. Is this a lightsaber? No, it's not a lightsaber. Okay. No, enough with the bat already, all right? If I wanted to hurt you, I'd have done it already. Because if I'm being perfectly honest with myself, you have a very punchable face. Oh my God! That Oh, that bullet went straight through. That's good. Pass. Wait, 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 wait. Bullet? You were shot? Yeah, no, actually, no. No. I was stabbed with a bullet. What do you think, you moron? And that was a clip from The Adam Project. It's the new film from Sean Levy, and it stars Ryan Reynolds, Walker Scoble, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Garner, Catherine Keener, and Zoe Saldana. And Candace, uh, this did come out a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um Please tell me we're not reviewing this because it's a 13 going on 30 reunion. Um, well, <laughs> so I would like to say that that is why we're reviewing it. But um, I'm about to admit to the world that I have actually never seen 13 going on 30. Oh, really? Which makes zero sense because I will say a big part of the reason why I wanted to watch this film is because I do follow Jennifer Garner and mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo on all the social medias and they were just you know talking about this a lot and i was like i i need to see this movie and everybody is going it's 13 on the 13 going on 30 it's just like pretend the couple got back i was like oh yeah mark ruffalo <laughs> played the guy in that movie yes he why did. haven't i watched that <laughs> um so i didn't want i didn't choose it for that reason and uh, i'll be honest i chose it because i actually watched it a couple of weeks ago Mm-hmm. sort of when it came out because i follow all of them on social media so it was hard to ignore it and um i'm a little bit busy so i was like you know what i don't know that i'm going to have time to actually watch a whole movie and pay attention to it mm-hmm. um and so this i was like you know what i've already seen it and i can sort of play it like in the background while i'm doing other things to refresh myself um and interestingly when i did rewatch it this morning while i was working um not only not only was it a good refresh and review there are actually things that i saw that i was like oh i totally missed that the first time around so i'm i might not have been paying that much attention the first time either (laughs) this is great this is great well first of all we're getting a real inside view on how the sausage is made here um second (laughs) Uh, every time just like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Two days out from an election when you work for a provincial party. <laughs> That's right. No, no, fair enough. Uh, I, I will concur, though, that uh, we don't get enough Jennifer Garner in our lives. Um, I think the last mm-hmm. like movie I saw her in, or at least the last one that comes to mind, is Peppermint, where she essentially plays the Punisher, um, <laughs> which was a good use of her physicality. Um, not a great use of, uh, the Jennifer Gardner that I think we all enjoy where she, she's, you know, nice and friendly and down to earth. And, you know, we, we, we might like her if she was our mom and, um, or just if, you know, she was uh, a really good friend or someone we could hang out with. And yeah. So, I mean, that's, it, it's a good use of her. And I, I think it, it's, it's, I, I will dare to say it's a good use of everyone involved. Um, I agree. Yeah. Particularly Mark Ruffalo. I think. Yeah, he's great. I like I liked him a lot. Yeah. In this. And even though we don't get to see a lot of him and mm-hmm. I would like to say that he's underused, I think he's actually not. I think he has used exactly yeah. the amount that we need him. And yeah. Um, yeah, in in my letterboxed review, when I did watch this, I was like one extra star for Mark Ruffalo alone because 
just like every other Mark Ruffalo movie, he has made me cry. <laughs> yeah, he. I I agree. I think they use him just enough, um, given the the context as as the dad. Um, the other thing I appreciated about this is, I mean, Ryan Reynolds is still essentially playing Ryan Reynolds in this, but um, I guess I haven't seen Free Guy, so I don't know. But maybe Sean Levy is one of those directors who can recognize the when, when how or how to use like the the natural talents of of an actor and when it's maybe going a bit too far. Because one of my worries going into this was like, is this going to be like a red notice situation where Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynoldsing all over the place? And I mean, the the problem with red notice is that you get. I mean, it's essentially. The Rock doing The Rock, Ryan Reynolds doing Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> Gal Gadot doing um, Beautiful and, enig- and, and, and Enigmatic. And like that's all of their brands. And it's like brand overload. Um, everyone's naturally beautiful and charismatic. And it's just it's too much. <laughs> um, so it's I, I appreciated that there was more of a narrative drive to this uh, than just like let's watch Ryan Reynolds do his thing. Although what I did appreciate too was um, young Mr. Uh, Scoble who like right from the jump convinced me he was young Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely had the, um, the, the motor mouth, you know, <laughs> as, as people say, Ryan Reynolds has. Or, or as the New York times called this in the review back talk to the future. <laughs> All right. Yep. That's clever. That. Yep. Yep. And what I do like, and I agree with you, like, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that um, Walker Scoble, who played the younger version of Ryan Reynolds character. Um, yes. Like you could tell that like they definitely had things in common, but you could mm-hmm. also see like where the divide was, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where Ryan Reynolds is the older Adam went you know, one way and became who he was as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, you know, like you, and at the, at the end is, you know, the older Adam is saying to the younger Adam, like I spent years trying to get away from, from the me that was you. I mean, I think we can all appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were a lot of like sort of feel good things in this film, but I think that that was a really big one, right? Just like, especially when, you know, you've like young Adam, you know, you've been maybe bullied or have been, you know, kind of a bad kid or something mm-hmm. as an adult, you know, you're older and now you're a good person or you're, you know, older and you've kind of got a hard edge now because of things that happened to you when you were younger. And so you, yeah, it's really hard not to look back on the person you were and just want to tell them, like, you're so stupid and you're so, like, why are you doing all these things? Like, now that I'm an adult, I know, like, this is what you should have done instead. Mm-hmm. And we just can't do that to ourselves. Like, in fact, that's probably half the reason why, as adults, we're so, <laughs> like, <laughs> not happy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like we can't really look at ourselves as younger and go, oh, okay, I can I can give myself a break for doing that, or I learned this out of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what, um, one of the things I appreciated too was that um, 
it let there are some scenes where Ryan Reynolds has to uh, turn off the joke machine and actually play things straight. And um, there's the great scene where he's uh, at the bar and um, Jennifer Gardner comes in, who's Adam's mother. Um, This is when he, when older Adam is in the present and uh, they have this, kind of heart to heart without her realizing he's the older version of her son mm-hmm. but it's it's really touching and there's no like winky nudgy jokey stuff to it it's just like kind of like real genuine emotion and then you feel that later with um the dad played by mark ruffalo um where there's a lot of sort of true confession and um just a, 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 what ends up being like a really sweet moment between uh, father and older version of son and other older version even older yeah. version of son <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> so it, it 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 throttles back on that and that's not to you know that's not to say that Reynolds can't do that it, it, it one of the things this film does remind you is that you know Ryan Reynolds can do sincere um yeah it's the, you know the the mint mobile spokesperson guy is kind of you know <laughs> who turns up at these things all the time but inside ryan reynolds if he allows it i guess or if he gets the right material he can still do sincere and it can be lovely yeah and i will say like ryan reynolds i I have no problem with him you know some people are like oh he just plays ryan reynolds and everything and i have no problem with that like Mm -hmm. he's clearly good at it he's funny he's natural doing that sort of thing but I don't for a second think that that's the only thing he can do. Like one of my favorite Ryan Reynolds films is actually uh, the nines, which Mm -hmm. is this like weird sort of um, like it's an indie film uh, starring Melissa McCarthy. And it's also, I, I don't know if it's really like, it's like dimensional sort of thing. So it's this weird thing where he's playing like all these different versions of himself in different realities and so (laughs) it's but it's not like it's not a comedy and it's not even really a sci-fi like it's really sort of a personality sort of thing Mm -hmm. and he's just very very good in it and I always think about that film and think like people need to see this to understand that there's more to him that he's not just Van Wilder Mm -hmm. and or like Van Wilder but the nice version which is you know (laughs) kind of (laughs) kind of what (laughs) what he's playing here yeah, no, I mean, he's done a lot of good, like, Buried is, like, Buried isn't good, but he's good in it. Um, I don't like the proposal, but he's good playing straight against Sandra Bullock mm-hmm. in that. Um, definitely, maybe, I mean, he, he's also good in that, playing kind of straight. So, like, it's it's within him, I think. It's, it's, it's I mean, it's also within Dwayne Johnson to play someone who isn't just, like, a pastiche of, of Dwayne Johnson. Um, it's just, you know... Th- I guess there's a both a comfort level and um, I guess maybe that's certainly in Dwayne Johnson's case, all he takes are roles that only require him to be Dwayne Johnson. Um, But uh, here, I I mean, you wouldn't think it, you wouldn't like to say that Ryan Reynolds really stretches in the Adam project. It sounds a (laughs) bit odd. I mean, it's not like he's playing like Vito Corleone or something, but but, I mean, this is not, uh, a quote-unquote Ryan Reynolds role, um, although 
that again that there's a lot of great humor in it that comes from that but it's not necessarily what you would call a ryan reynolds movie as we've come to sort of conventionally understand it like vis-a-vis the deadpool movies so um yeah and interestingly like i find so what i found is that the discourse about this film mm-hmm is a lot of like sort of what you and I are talking about, about mm. these sort of like deeper meetings and actors, you know, you know, pulling from wells inside themselves. But at the same time, like even when I watched this the first time, I was like, this is just like a really basic, fun kind of action comedy, mm-hmm. like time travel thing. Like it is you you can watch this and not think any of the things that we're talking about, about Mark Ruffalo, you know, making us cry and, you know, all these, these nice moments. And, you know, for instance, I also think it's really interesting that all of the, all of the characters in the, in the present Mm -hmm. um, recognize the older Adam, Mm -hmm. you know, it's sort of like, it's, it's really interesting to me. (laughs) I'm like, wow, what, like, how much do people change? (laughs) Like, how do you, have that that sort of innate like understanding who your child is mm-hmm. no matter what right and then even you know once we get towards the the end and things are changing for the better but we see that there are some patterns that just continue because right they're meant to no matter what which is really again reassuring it's like oh it's okay things are going to be okay and things are going to be different too, which is what I appreciated is that there's no kind of setting up a Adam project part two, um, which I feel like someone not as confident as Sean Levy, who has done a lot of like those night at the museum movies aren't great, but I'd, I'd be lying if I said they weren't entertaining. Yeah. They're super enjoyable to watch. Yeah. So like he, he, he's able, you know, something like real steel too is, is, is very enjoyable. So he's, he knows how to thread the needle. Um, he's not, you know, he's not breaking new ground as it were, but he, he understands how to put together something that's entertaining. Um, at the same time though, one of the things I will acknowledge is that I, I, this thing smells like it was made in <laughs> the year 2021 and in that, you know, the, the, the abundance of CG, the, the, like the, the camera that basically violates physics and in, in terms of getting some of these shots the the uh the young Catherine keener de-aging effect mm. um i was not a fan of i think it's like the worst de-aging i have seen since yeah. jeff bridges and tron legacy yeah it's, it's brutal it's, it's like brutal literally it's brutal. we all know what she looked like yeah because we yeah. watched her acting then so just make her look like herself what are you doing <laughs> it's it's like they hired grace gummer and put her in a brown wig and it's i mean i, I almost wish they had done that but because mm-hmm. the the young catherine keener looks up and the thing that slays me though is like um well you know catherine keener can be a really creepy villain if you've ever seen get out she can do it she has it within her yeah 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 it was nice to see her like you said like all of the all of the actors were well cast in their role and and i didn't know much going into it mm-hmm. so it was sort of it was a shock to see her and the same thing with zoe saldana too i was like oh mm-hmm. oh i didn't know she was in this i will say um this definitely did feel like it was going 
for the um, Guardians of the Galaxy vibe. Yeah. And not necessarily because Zoe Saldana was in it. That was just sort of an accident, I think. But I mean, the the soundtrack to this, I was like, okay, yes, I I understand the soundtrack you're using here. Yeah. (laughs) See what you're trying to do. Yeah. The soundtrack I thought was a little much because it opens with the Spencer Davis group. And I'm like, in the year 2050, if you're a fighter jock in the year 2050 flying a time machine, are you listening to Spencer Davis group that like, well, and to be fair, <laughs> if you're the child yeah. of, uh, you know, a person from, so in 2020, uh, young Adam is, uh, 11, 12, so he's 12. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like Mark the Spice Ruffalo Girls and are I, oldies for him. We're yeah, we're the same age category, and so it's not that I don't listen to Spencer David, but it's just like, <laughs> am I going to be influencing my kids that much with music that my parents influenced me with, right? Or am exactly. I going to be influencing them with music from the '90s, which was sort of right. what I what I listened to? Yeah, and that was something that was in the back of my head the whole time. Um, it, it, like this is very much like feels like an Amblin movie, like the like Spielberg nineteen. Although it's set in today, thankfully, um, it, it just it feels it feels like those like because in those movies in those movies from the eighties, you would hear music from the sixties because that's the parents' generation. So it feels very much like someone is processing all this. And the other thing I will say is that you know, uh, Rob Simonson uh, is the man who did the score. Uh, I. Up until I read his name in the credits, I could have sworn it was Michael Giacchino. And Michael mm-hmm. Giacchino, of course, is like heavily influenced by John Williams, who, of course, works a lot with Steven Spielberg. So it's like we're getting we're getting this like echo of an echo of an echo of, uh, you know, th- I, I wish this movie had sort of like maybe a, had a little bit more of its own feel, a little bit more of its own sound. Um because like the material is there it, it's it's good solid i mean again it doesn't break the mold but it is executed in an above average way because of the actors you have and it it could have i feel like they could have toned it down two or three octaves and it would have I, I think it probably would have picked things up even a little bit more mm-hmm. yeah i will say um this film you know and we both talked about how it's it's not groundbreaking it Mm. does exactly what it set out to do it just it's sort of in that because there's nothing wrong with a film that just is like this is what we are yeah this is what we're doing yeah like it reminds me of the crazies the remake of the the crazies i love that remake Yeah, it is so good i I tell people regularly i'm like the crazies is one of the best like zombie films Mm -hmm. and one of the best remakes i've ever seen because it just did exactly what it was trying to do and it did not try to you know be smart or make you know make some sort of like twist that we didn't see coming and that's exactly plus you got timothy oliphant well yeah yeah (laughs) that's enough of that for me um i mean to be fair i mean this there's very pretty people in this film Uh, Mm. i would like mark ruffalo is definitely very high on my list as is ryan reynolds to be fair i mean i'm sure he's high on everyone's list he's very beautiful um there's there's just a lot of looks in this film i don't know yeah i mean even the like the the head henchman alex uh, malaria jr who um if you you're like me a fan of the the dark matter 
TV series. He was one of the one of the space people on Dark Matter. So it was kind of weird seeing him pop up in this as like the heavy or as like the main henchman. Um, but yeah, he's he's a lot of fun in this. I, I just lo- I love a, I love a good gung ho henchman who's like, yeah, I'm here to do evil and <laughs> I love doing evil. Uh, but yeah, like the 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 actors are um the, the actors are the real treasure here, which you can't really say that for most like effects driven blockbuster things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what? I think this goes down in, in the books along with, uh, you know, films like Field of Dreams for the father son of it all. If people need to uh, need a feel good father son sort of experience, this is definitely the way to go. Yeah, the other thing I was thinking about this um, is not necessarily the fault of the script. Well, it kind of is, but does it seem unlikely we're going to advance this far in thirty less than 30 years? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they really they really glossed <laughs> over the science, which I totally appreciate, Um to an extent, but, I appreciate it to an extent, but when, you know, when, when little Adam says, hey, what's it like in 2050? And the older Adam says, Is there, you ever seen Terminator? It's worse on nice days. It's <laughs> <laughs> that was that seems like a pretty big lift. Um, and then the other thing was um, there's a scene where older Catherine Keener meets younger Catherine Keener. And it's heavily implied that she's ordered the younger version of herself to like invest heavily in like world destroying stocks. I assume like fossil fuel industry stocks, mm-hmm. um, which prompts the acceleration perhaps of world destruction. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just like, these are interesting teases that we never really seem to get. And I mean, part of me is like, you know what, any glimpse of the future you show us but beyond what we do is bound to be disappointing. But on the other hand, you're you're waving these doors in my face that you're never going to open. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Like we're so Catherine Keener's character from the future goes back to the past mm-hmm. and tells her her younger self like all these things and changes the future so that she's in charge. And presumably she's also like speeding up this process but it is Perhaps, interesting yeah. to sort of think about the timing because so i've just uh, rewatched this this morning and um when she sh- when she comes back to see her younger self because mm-hmm. at this point she's sort of lost control of everything and she's like okay well let's let's get control <laughs> again so she goes back to see her younger self and her younger self is like oh you told me you'd never come back and she's like when was that and she says it was just a couple months ago and then the mm-hmm. older Catherine Keener says, oh, for me, and I don't remember if she says 32 years or 23 years, mm. but I'm like, 32 years doesn't, like, I don't yeah. know, like, they would have had to figure out time travel really quickly from this thing that Mark Ruffalo had just built in uh, 2018 Yeah, is what the timeline is. So if he built this thing in 2018... And this film takes place in 2020. Yeah. I think in 2050 is 30 years. So like she literally, like, I don't, 
Oh, I guess maybe that's what she's saying. It was 32 years for me. So she couldn't remember. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's making a little more sense. Because I was like, if older Catherine Keener, 32 (laughs) years in the past, went back to talk to her 2018 self. But no, she's talking. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm working it out. See, this is why they just gloss over the science and the math, because then it makes too difficult. (laughs) I don't I don't disagree, but I I was just like the time travel thing I could buy. But like having it mounted on like fighter jets and then on the ground, they're armed with like particle weapons and like essentially lightsabers. That like that almost seemed like a little much like we advance, you know, to. 23rd century Star Trek in 30 years. Uh, we don't know whether or not time travel works going forward, though. They did not say anything about that. So maybe it does work going forward. So they were able to go forward and get stuff. Well, I yeah. mean, th- these these are maybe the loose. <laughs> the Again, loose. <laughs> this is why when you're dealing with a time travel movie, when you're making a time travel movie, all of you aspiring writers and directors out there don't actually worry about these sorts of things because mm-hmm. you can never answer them to anyone's satisfaction so just just gloss right over it <laughs> well this is true and you know this is i've said this for years about terminator it's like the future was interesting until they started to show it to us um and i just I, I felt it had to be remarked upon that we seem to advance very very quickly in 30 years um like the, again, the DNA thing I can buy. Like having the fi- the <laughs> the machine tied to the DNA, but then he has a lightsaber, and it's well, I mean, it's not a real lightsaber, but it's I mean, <laughs> still, it th- there's there's a lot of jumping through hoops, and uh, I I think the lesson is like inventors are going to be very very busy for the next couple of decades. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it's the dude Snap from the Eternals. It. Maybe it is the dude from the Eternals. Though I could have swore he learned his lesson um, after after Hiroshima. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, <clears throat> I think we need to let enough air into the Adam Project here. So we will uh, wrap up the show. That is it for this week. We hope you liked it. And if you want to listen to it again, you can find us on our website at endcreditsradioshow.com. You can download our show from the Guelph Politicast channel every Friday at Podbean or through your favorite podcast app at Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. While you're on Spotify, you can find much of the music that you hear on the End Credits Show. Just search for End Credits on CF- CFRU on Spotify. I literally forgot what channel we're on for a minute, but that's okay. <laughs> we're on social media on Facebook at End Credits Radio Show and on Twitter at End Credits Radio. And Candice, where can people find you on the internets during your uneventful absence for the next couple yes of so you can find me on the internets everywhere at sin 48 that's c-i-n-n 48 you will likely see me posting photos from all across the province um there is an election that is probably just beginning today so um <laughs> that's what i will be working on for the next month and uh, just a quick reminder to everyone please go out and vote it's interesting how we're dropping hints about the future, like we're living there, but that's okay. I'll be back on CFRU tomorrow at 5 p.m. for News and Politics and Open Sources Guelph with Scotty Hertz. In the meantime, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, and you can check out my News and Politics site, speaking of elections, at guelphpolitico.ca. 
And you can stay tuned for more great programming here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. Some of us shall return next Wednesday at 3 p.m. for another edition of the end credits. And we will see you then. Thank you.